Thank you very much, Assis. Thank you. And, and thank you all for taking the time to, to visit us uh, today. It's really, you know, it's a fantastic, it's tre tremendous generosity of 20 summers to have us here, to have me here uh, in the barn. Sometimes I wish I could be a painter so I could spend more time indoors and not outdoors photographing, but um, it is what it is. But it's such a fantastic location. And um, for the last uh, six years, uh, actually more, for the last eight years, I've I've come five times to Provincetown, and uh, well, I have friends, uh, a gallery that I work with, with the Schoolhouse Gallery and Mike Carroll. But above all things, I've always felt inspired by, by the community, by how close it is, and the outstanding landscape, which it has also affected part of my work. So um, what I have here, hopefully, uh, is not going to be boring. It's the... Uh, <laughs> Um, a presentation which I thought of, I was, I was thinking, okay, so wh what am I going to be showing today? Um, and I thought basically on the last six years of work. Um, however, I'm, I'm going to start jumping back to the year 2001, between 2001 and 2003, and the works I was doing back then in my early years in the Art Academy, literally the first time that I went to, to the photographic camera to work. Because that, that works, it, it, that work in a way inspired my most recent, the one that I'm going to be showing here. We have some uh, test prints here as well. And it's also that series and body of work that appears on the Pending Memories book uh, that came out last year. So I'm going to move through uh, the photographic work later towards the sculpture. And I'm going to show you a little bit also about the work process, which I guess this is the kind of a scenario I, I always like to share that kind of information. You don't do that in a gallery, certainly. So I guess that's the opportunity we have here today. Um, feel free to interrupt me, ask questions as I go. I have no problem whatsoever with that. And then perhaps we can end up here on the table and you know, we can talk more intimately about this, this print. Um, so yeah, I'll start. I'll, I'll take the artist's seat. Um, so, Archive series between 2001 and 2006 was um, my first attempts to start gathering a body of work in photography. I stopped seeing these images around 2006, the year that I started my studies in the university at the Superior Institute of Art in, in Cuba. Um, it was made on film, on black and white, and I was starting to work back then uh, on digital technology, plus looking at a you know, different incentive in my work back then. In 2020, I started a process to rescue those images. You know, there were growing molds in those films, so I consistently started scanning them and putting them together, saving them, cataloging them. So I came back uh, to recognize a uh, to remember a visuality that I had long forgotten uh, and the history behind them. Um, in a moment that perhaps this work back in the time that I did it uh, were no other than a visual pretext for me to start uh, growing a visual alphabet. Perhaps that was my, my most concerning uh, argument. Uh, however, you know, 14 years, 16 years down the road, 
I started seeing them with a whole different approach, with a whole different nar narrative. So this turned out to be um, the works that inspired uh, the most recent uh, series. Perhaps one of the elements that for me was more consistent looking back at these early works was perhaps the attempt to find a, cert a certain visual abstraction from how things are usually perceived in reality, not taking it for granted, but rather scouting and uh, going further with the lens to provide a certain visual abstraction from, from the general construction that I could have perceived at the, that moment. So I guess that was a, a visual uh, element that provides certain consistency, obviously the use of black and white as well, the nature of this element, this industrial context and so on, were also locations nearby um, my house, nearby my, my everyday um, reality um, in Havana, in Cuba. But there was also, within this group, one particular image triggered uh, a direct line to the series that you'll see afterwards. And it was somewhere in between this, this image, this one, and this one. And I'm gonna pause here and, and expand a little bit on, on the history behind, behind this image. This is, um, the, there's a festivity on, New Year, on Christmas Eve, December 24th, um, in Cuba, in Santa Clara province, called Parrandas de Remedio. So the town uh, celebrates uh, Christmas Eve, and there are two factions of the town that symbolically compete against each other. And how they compete is how, how much firecrackers one shoot at the other, but uh, also the chariots and the performers and the designs of the costumes, which are uh, richly decorated. And they have these structures on opposite ends of the, main, of the town's main square. And this is a very small town. The size of, of this structure is almost the size of, a, of the facade of a cathedral with surreal light works in the front, you know, with very geometric figures. Uh, there's a lot of um, decoration that happens. But I happened to be entered that town. I went uh, three years in a row, and my entry point was always this. And I see the structure from, from behind. So when I got this image and I saw that on, on the film, I was like, you know what? This is so incredibly uh, interesting. And if I could go now, I would only go just to photograph the back of these uh, structures. So that triggered you know, a whole uh, inspiration. But when, I, when you start thinking about, there's the, the, the symbolic part of, the, of thinking of a potential body of work. This, there's the poetic part of it which you can hint somehow fast, but you also have to ground it and then think about the logistic. And the logistic would have meant for me to photograph only two images per year, because this is only one event, and in that event, there's only two structures. And I started thinking, you know, what if I could build it myself? Um, 
and what if I could locate it anywhere I, I, I would see fit. And that gave basically the argument, the initial argument for pending memory series. Now, this series um, collects a, seri uh, a sequence of scenarios, both in the city, in the countryside, in places that we don't uh, totally recognize, nor we can certainly pinpoint a exact location. There's a, there's a certain ambiguity uh, most, to most of these images, and that was uh, an argument that uh, I made my mind very early uh, within this body of work. Other than the first images, perhaps this is an example that locals would be able to recognize that space. The ones that I developed further down the road, they, they tend towards being a more open space. Um, This work also saw uh, perhaps an extension of, it is created thinking of the photography of their photographic media in an extensive way because this is, at the end of the day, this is a, the result of actual documentary photography and computer-generated content. So the main structure that we are seeing here uh, the source are drawings that I create initially. So from that drawing on, I, I collaborate with a team that, that has an architect, an engineer, and a graphic designer. We all think, uh, sit on the table and start discussing if we were to build this drawing, how would it, how would it be, be possible to, to build physically? So we actually end up developing a full architectural project just to conceive one photographic image. And it would seem absurd to do so, or at least to address a, the creation of a photographic image in that manner, but every attention to the details, and that's why I have these closer shots here, adds credibility. So here, I'm, my dialogue with the audience is constantly it's on the edge, uh, and I guess the audience, when they look at this, they, they are constantly thinking, is it there or not? Is it real or not? What was the purpose of this uh, structure? What's on the other side? For me, that's ultimately the larger question. What's the message on that other side uh, that it's so relevant? Because when we evaluate the, the context, we see the scale, and we think on the potential effort to having some of this built. Uh, there's a, a considerable degree of uh, transcendence to having one of these built. So I guess that's one of the elements that perhaps in, in a way translates to some of the roots of this work, at least for me, in its perception, in my perception on, on my, my place of origin, uh, Cuba, and, and the contemporary problematics uh, in, in Cuban, in the whole Cuban uh, 
society and its complexity. So these structures ultimately, for me, they represent that. They, they stand for um, paradigms. They symbolize that. Um, things that were relevant in a given moment in history, in this reality, where they exist. Now, from where we are standing, and almost the, the audience feels like a, a scout or an, an archaeologist finding in the middle of nowhere these structures. Um, but the consistent element and the fact that we are constantly looking from behind of this structure, which is similar to a billboard, is similar to a, the backstage of a theatrical scenario. What was the purpose behind it? So I guess this is, this is probably how I feel, you know, when I, when I address these images, thinking in, in, in Cuba and the, the, the inspiration that I get from it, um, and its uh, cultural and, and social pride for the last 60 years, you know. There's this structure that keeps the construct together. Nevertheless, I don't, I don't fully get to, to understand its purpose from where I'm looking at it. Uh, nowadays. The first works, um, each image takes about a, a month or so to produce in every stage of the way. When I go out, it starts scouting for locations. When I develop the drawings and that initial conversation with the architect and the engineer that makes all the logistic and the, the technical uh, dialogue possible. Uh, that adds credibility when we are looking at this. And today we're looking at it from a screen and then some of the smaller sizes printed, but uh, I work on larger formats which give you that, uh, that amount of, of information, that incentive for you to recognize the image at a distance, but the further you get, the closer you get the more information, the more you're starting to inquire uh, every detail in that scene. Parallel to this work, I was also um, going back to the sculpture, which ironically enough was my official uh, studies profile in, back in university. However, I always did um, photography. But given the nature of, of the whole creation process of this project of photographs, the fact that I had plenty of time in between, I started developing this series called Monument to the Incomplete Man um, in 2018 on carbon steel. These are about, uh, in inches, I, I don't know the, in inches, but it's about around a meter 50. Um, so it's like kneading a steel. You start creating the structure part by part with the whole welding process. And here, there's a very strong influence of um, early 20th century avant-garde, Russian constructivism, um, you know, probably Italian futurism as well, but I was very conscious uh, of that influence in my work. 
but I was constantly thinking on the references to that, to those uh, influences that, that I had now in 21st century um, Cuba. So there was naturally a whole different context to have around uh, the, the body of work. So, and then attempting to recreate the paradigms uh, behind some of the art movement and, and their relation to the social uh, movement uh, in, in history that they were related to. Um, these structures keep a resemblance to the human body. You know, their, their torso, legs, arms, but in the middle of it, they're constantly shifting. They're, it's incomplete, it's not a full construct. You can see the, the interior structure, you can see the, the surface of it, um, but it's basically un, unfinished. Um, and perhaps in a way, uh, that's where the name comes from, uh, Monument to the Incomplete Man, but also towards the ideals, you know, towards the ideals that drove certain uh, part of, of the Cuba's history, you know, with the whole social project um, and the construction of the new man. The new man is today, it's unfinished, it's rusting, um, and it's basically incomplete. So perhaps the initial dialogue of these sculptures, it's there, you know, but it expands. We, we end up having a, a, a richly uh, elaborated piece that with very uh, changing angles as you move around it, um, which can offer a, a variety of readings behind it. All of this was my uh, coming back to the sculpture. I envisioned these four um, projects initially, opening up later a space to larger intervention in public areas, uh, which continue the same conversation. This is an example. Uh, number five from the Monument to the Incomplete Man was my participation in the Havana Biennial. So it was interesting to trying to recreate this shape now at the scale of a monument uh, and see how interacted in, in a public space, how people uh, relate to it as well. Um, these were right there to the seaside promenade. So the original intention was over a longer exposure of time, the salt, the water would radically affect um, this structure and potentially lead up to, to its collapse. Um, that didn't happen. That was the, the poetry behind the work because of the extension of the biennial that actually never got to happen. But it was, it was part of, of, of the idea. So moving forward for these initial iterations in this sculpture, the recent work that I'm doing, and perhaps some of you saw uh, some of those sculptures uh, in the reception at Gail Heyman's and uh, Gail and, and Robin Macmillan. This is the new uh, body of work, a sketch for a monument. And I've developed a series of seven of them which now are immediately related to my new photographic work, which I brought some examples as well. Here, 
these are smaller scale um, pieces, but um, constantly thinking on images that are larger than life in, in terms of scale. There's a, a strong influence from architecture in general. I, I think I have that even from a family point of view. My, my parents are both architects and, and the relation with, with the media has been a second nature in my formation as, as an artist. Um, here, there's a language that is abstract. It doesn't have a context for where to compare it directly. But we do get to, uh, to start reading from, a, from an aesthetic point of view, from a visual point of view, how it hints uh, to things that perhaps nowadays are part of, of, um, of a common visual history. In this case, I'm constantly affected by the imagery of Eastern socialist countries, uh, their architecture, their monumental uh, works as well. Um, some of that influence this work. Um, in a way, all of that influence coming together so that I can create the idea of a potential monument myself. Um, and now you, you'll see then how this translates then um, to the new photographs in part of the work process, how I do it. Unlike the rest, the previous images, these are closed volumes. These are more solid. The other ones were transparent. Um, and that aspect has uh, led me to think on the casting molds used in when you cast a piece, a solid piece of steel or bronze or concrete. Um, so I've used that as an inspiration now to pursue the new uh, body of work. See this, keep this image in your mind right now. And I'm gonna go here. So, um, this is in process right now. It's not, uh, it's not a work that we'll see uh, the, you know, the public viewing in a larger context, uh, probably within a year or so. Um, this is a working title, Epitaph. And obviously it's a grown uh, inspiration from the Pending Memory series. Now with a different, with a different idea perhaps uh, in, in the core of the work. As I was mentioning before, now I'm constantly thinking on these massive casting mold shapes, as used in architecture, as used in engineering, to pour concrete. And that's actually a thought that even comes from the sculpture. 
you know, to cast, to cast the shape, to cast something, that process of creation. This work, the intervention of this, in this photograph, uh, it's even more aggressive, as it's not only the main construct, but everything that happens in its surrounding, it's also part of those elements that are created, uh, constructed basically uh, in computer. My insertion in, in the context that is photograph, it's much more aggressive. But also uh, the effects that makes this work look as realist as, as realistic as possible. Again, this, um, this construction site is, there's an ambiguity to it. Is it evolving? Is it in the process of becoming something? Uh, will something come out of this casting mold or not? So it's constantly uh, perceived in that point in between, you know. Um, So this part I usually don't show, but I, I, love, I like to bring the audience closer to the work process at the end of the day. Um, these are some of the sketches, notes that inspire the initial process of this, uh, both the sculpture and the photograph, which at, in where I am right now, um, the drawings that I do, the models that I do, there's a, there's a a particular point in this process that it's like a pivot that from there on I actually continue both things at, at the same time. So they're not separated, they don't, they're not divorced, but rather they, they follow parallel uh, works. These are the drawings that then give me space to go to model clay, then the modeling has a second version which the clay model is um, scanned on 3D, the geometry is perfected, it's clean, and then printed on resin. Uh, that allows me to study, um, perhaps in a, in a more accurate, the whole volume. And with that in mind, which doesn't address uh, the manufacturing, doesn't, doesn't address the final material, now I start the third model, which now it does conceive certain materials, in this case, uh, steel beams and uh, drywalls. Uh, and that's the one that then I, I start to work with. So all of this work makes me, uh, perhaps leads me to a place to be more sure about the whole final production, but it's, it starts on, takes time. It allows me to study the, the whole production in, in, in a much uh, uh, thoughtful uh, manner before I actually land here, which it's much more time consuming. This is the actual manufacturing process. Um, uh, I had to include one of these shots for you to see the artist getting the, its hand dirty, so. <laughs> this is where some of the uh, 
production in the monuments in complete man, the larger. And in today's work, this is the initial stage. It's the model uh, conceived in, in 3D program. Then it's all deployed um, uh, basically in a blueprint. From there on, cut it on steel and put by parts. This is the, the initial models that I create. And then you can see the evaluation about the scale considering. and some of the drawings leading up to uh, the pending memory series. That's the work on location. This is the, the when all this structure is assessed in the engineering program. And there's a, there's a constant back and forth um, about this consideration because it has to work physically. The program needs to read it as such. But at the end of the day, I also need to have uh, a visual result. So sometimes it does work in, on the software, but it's not, it's not doing anything new once I look at them within a larger group. So as I work in series, I don't judge one image by itself. There are certain values that I cherish about it, but it's the dialogue that it builds with the rest that I'm constantly uh, overweighing when I'm working in, in a project like this. So that's pretty much what I have for today. Uh, but I would love for you to come, please, closer you haven't done so this far, um, to examine each of these individually. Um, and I would love to take questions or any doubts and let's have a dialogue.